0: We are wrestling. We are wrestling, Make you. give a shout out to We Are Wrestling on YouTube. Batista! You're watching We Are Wrestling. Score!
1: I'm the host with the most. You are by far the least intelligent. What's
0: going on, everybody? Danny Huckins here, man. One third of we are wrestling.
2: Uh, what's going on? We are wrestling maniacs worldwide. Ben here, the third of the talk show.
0: We are wrestling podcast. Make sure to subscribe, baby. And... We we are wrestling.
1: What is up? We are wrestling maniacs out there worldwide. I'm the host with the most, the best one, Donnie. We're back
0: with... What's going on, everybody? Danny Hunkins here, man. One-third of We Are Wrestling. The three amigos are back, man. We're almost like the LWO, but the white version. What's going on, Asian?
2: <laughs> oh, God. Yep. Yeah, uh, damn. It was, uh, it was great while well, it lasted. What's going on? We are Wrestling Maniacs. It has been here the third of the podcast. And man, as Dan just stated, the three amigos were back. All three of us together for the first time in almost a month. Yeah, it's been a pretty crazy last few weeks, guys. But uh, we're back at it. And before we get into whatever the fuck we're going to be getting into today, Don, take it away. Huh, bars.
1: I gotta say, I <laughs> missed Danny's random rants. It's always something different. Which it's I always something
2: on. out of fucking pocket.
0: <laughs> I feel like it's necessary. It's always know. necessary.
1: But if you're not a we are wrestling maniac, you are ready and You're not a part of the thousands of subscribers. The best way to support us is by hitting that subscribe button now, turning on the post notifications. Videos be coming out of nowhere, like an RKO, and of course, you already know. The grind is real. It yeah. feels
0: good to be back.
2: Hell yeah, it really man. Does,
0: man! Like, I, like obviously you went on vacation. You know, you had, you had good. Family we never time. left. We
2: never, we never <laughs>
0: left. What? <But laughs> when around the time you left, me and Ben both had stuff going on or whatever. So there was a lot of lack of content on the channel. But I tried to I tried to pick up some momentum by doing a bunch of live streams so that's good at least there's stuff on the channel for people to enjoy if they want to look at my ugly fucking face
2: if they want to check out your ugly fucking mug and then i was over here pulling random fucking uh, i think extras extras are just like really hot news takes i guess or like everything that's kind of coming out so yeah so we got something coming out um but you know with the three of us man it's just it's unreal so, I just, it's good to have that consistent fucking flow again and bouncing off of each other, having different views. So, they're opposing. So, it makes it a little bit more spicy on this channel. So, I'm excited to be back, man.
1: And here's the thing I'm back from vacation. So, now we have structure again on the VR <laughs> Wrestling channel. That's right. I'm your daddy. <laughs> Let's <laughs> scissor each other. Let me
2: tell you something, baby.
1: So, Danny, I want to get your thoughts on. Ben and Don Styles' WWE draft that took place earlier this week on the We Are Wrestling Channel. So here's the graphic from both brands.
2: Let's fucking go. All right, I let's got Ra, he got smacked
0: down. So Don Styles is a dickhead. And yes, you can clip and pull it out on social media. And the Asian sensation is the red brand, man. Yep. Um I gotta go with Raw, man. Like you got yeah. His name. <laughs> You got Jay Uso. You got Bray Wyatt, who I'm a big fan of. Yep.
2: You, know, you do have a lot of a lot of A game players on SmackDown. Dude. And I also got a fucking few that would get a couple like switcheroos and some pushes and also different gimmicks, like I was explaining too. Because it's my roster, my fucking, job, I even got Pat McAfee on this bitch, bro.
0: Yeah, <laughs> although although uh, you have Veer Mahan, and that's that's a uh, it's always a no no. <laughs> <laughs> always a no-no
2: <laughs> alright whatever but talk your shit but whatever keep going
0: uh but I have to go I have to go with you know the red brand man like yeah. there's, there's more people this is no way me saying that Raw is a good show cause it's not this it, is all it f- would be this if it was all, under my control this is all fantasy booking yes if the Asian was in charge fantasy it would be a better
2: booking.
0: show fantasy booking man fantasy all the time fantasy this Raw, is like the prime example Ben's Ben's draft picks for the fantasy draft that you guys did. He has more people that I would be in, in, inclined to want to watch on the red brand than on this, oh, Don's on yeah, the blue boy. brand. But that's not me saying that Don's draft picks are bad. Yeah. So I like I like them both. Yeah, you well, know, I'm just I'm more inclined to. You know, Bray Wyatt, Drew McIntyre, Jay Uso, Sola Sako, who I'm a huge fan of. You know, Kevin Owens, who uh, the dude should have been a multi multi time world champion by now. Like I don't know, am more inclined to check out Raw if notice, that was, like who was on the show.
2: Notice though, Jimmy Uso is nowhere to be found on either <laughs> brand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love that. At least Don Styles agrees with all of us on that. <laughs> He's an <laughs> asshole, but at least he didn't draft Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> this proves that Jay is better than Jimmy. Oh,
2: yes. Always. All day. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. I needed that.
1: Honestly, like, I got to admit, like, you and Don Siles did a fantastic job, I think, drafting both brands. It was I really fun. I do see why you drafted the players that you drafted, and I see why Don Siles drafted the wrestlers he drafted.
2: I because do. One and- thing
1: I did watch when we were watching it back was Don Siles refused to get any comedy acts, any clowns. And I see you got our truth Veer Mahan. Yeah, Don Stiles, see, he would never let that happen. See,
2: but Don Stiles also refuses to open his mind and know that you can literally strip gimmicks and give a complete clean slate for a fucking person and let them take their own creative in their own direction. So I went with that route. Like I said, I'd give fucking... I'd give uh, R-Truth, like, like, a Booger T-type fucking push. Give him the U.S. title, as long, along with fucking Yair I would have him fucking go for some gold, too. Like, I, I would absolutely say, flip it.
0: I, w- I would have made some kind of a change. Yeah, on this, I would have had L.A. Knight on Raw because I feel like him and Austin Theory would be would put out classic after classic.
2: Oh, absolutely! Kind of... But that would have been a great fucking like night of champions type shit. Austin I'm Theory versus though. fucking they weren't War they, they weren't, they weren't picked
1: Really, that early?
2: I'm mm-hmm. surprised.
1: A lot of the people I'm very surprised, like I know Don Stiles, this was funny, when he fumbled the whole Seth Rollins thing, he picks Brock Lesnar, and then he says, oh, you don't have a star, and then you said, oh yeah, I'm gonna get the Beast Slayer, Seth freaking (laughs) Rollins! I love that day, thank you
2: for doing that. You're welcome, yeah, you chose the Beast, but I chose the Beast Slayer, bitch. (laughs) I'm
0: I'm, I'm upset though. Why are you upset? I don't see Carmelo Hayes in any of these picks, man. Carmelo yeah, Hayes is one of the Smackdown. Yeah, he he's, he's yeah, he's on Smackdown, man. bro. Don Stiles selected him
2: right next to fuck okay, right underneath Carmela He's literally like at the very bottom, all the way to the wow. low, to the right.
0: He's so small, I didn't see him.
2: Yeah, it well, like for
1: a- it looks like for NXT talent on here we had Smackdown, so Don Stiles selected Braun Breaker, Soul Ruka, and Carmelo Hayes. Now yeah. on the Raw brand. It looks like Ben for NXT selected EO Dragonall.
2: EO Dragonall? it's Ilya Droginov, bro.
1: Sorry, I'm not good with pronouncing names, man. Come on, you guys know this firsthand on the podcast. Go
0: back on fucking vacation,
1: you. Were Go back to Rhode NXT, Island, you fucking Mark. Newport.
0: You know New what? Port. You know what? You know who really impresses me in NXT?
2: Who? Wesley. That dude's yeah. a phenomenal Dude, actually champion. he was gonna be he was if I didn't choose Ilya Droganoff, I almost I was gonna choose Wesley, but I was I really wanted to see Ilya Dragunov go against Gunther on opposite brands with the fucking Intercontinental title on the line. Like that would have been cool in me and Don Styles universe. Um yep. you know, for like Knight of Champions where the title can definitely switch brands. Um yeah, but for NXT I chose Ilya Dragunov, I chose Ava Rain, and I also chose Virmahan and um Fucking oh God, why why am I forgetting her name right now? Ava Rain? No. Nikita, Nikita Lions. And I chose Nikita Lyons.
0: Ava Rain's only had one match so far. Yeah. I know, but very, it's the Doc's very bro- very it's the
2: it's the rock's daughter, so I want to actually like you know make that blossom. So you know, I wanna give her a good push.
1: Yeah, somebody, so, so uh, that some... was that was our WWE draft from earlier this week. There's
0: a... there's a, this isn't part of the podcast, whatever. She's just shooting the shit before we get into the topics. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy it. I saw an interview recently with a a female talent from NXT. I can't remember who it was. I didn't really look that much into I it. I might know what you are talking about, but um, she's she recently said that she she was not she did not want to be drafted. Stephanie Yeah Stephanie. She needs to stay. She wants to stay in NXT. That's she respect. Feels like she has I'm a lot. Hum- she has a lot. She has to work on. So
2: hey, man, I respect it. I respect the humble.
1: Can I just say about those comments about Tiffany honestly makes me respect her even more than I already did. Cuz yeah. I've already been a fan of her character in NXT and like her cool. in-ring work, but for her to actually take accountability on the things that she needs to improve on and like really, you know, go out and say what she needs to work on and why she wants to stay in NXT, huge respect for a young rookie like her.
0: That's that's, that's somebody smart, like it's people like that, like, you can you can tell the genuine people from the fakes, people that, you know, are in the in this business for, like, the money or the fame or wanting to travel or whatever. But Tiff, somebody like Tiffany Stratton, somebody that's, like, you know, she could easily go on SmackDown or Raw and make a make a really good living for herself, but she feels like she has a lot she has hey, to man. left at NXT. So.
2: What I love about the whole thing is not only is she humble, which is always a great thing in this industry, but she also knows, hey, if there is a chance... That I could be a serious star and I could receive a massive push. I want to make sure that there's nothing I have to work on. Like, that there's like, I'm completely chiseled, ready to go. I've had my fucking callus. Let's go. You know, like, I would, yeah. I love that. I love the mindset because you don't want to sell a half baked product because we've seen it plummet many fucking times. She really wants to work on her shit. I respect that. Mm-hmm. So, and that's how,
1: it. and that's how a developmental talent should be because we see it. of the time, somebody from NXT will get called up when they're not fully ready because they think that they have the it factor, that they have the look. But then when they go onto the main roster, they can't adjust because they're not ready and they're missing some of those little fundamental things. And Tiffany, you know, going out and saying some of those fundamental things that she needs to work on. I love that for her.
2: I'm with it. And
1: um, I think sh- when she comes up to the main roster, when she's ready, she's going to have a very successful career in WWE, and I'm very excited to see what happens.
2: Hell yeah,
0: I'm man. Ex- I'm excited to see it, man. Um, but, gents, we talked for about 16, 17 minutes going on. I think we should get into the topics, man, and talk some wrestling news. What do you guys think?
2: Let's fucking go. Let's go. So, our
1: first topic, well, opinion for this week on the We Are Wrestling podcast On Monday Night Raw this past Monday, Triple H revealed a new champion. The World Heavyweight Championship is back in WWE with a brand new design. And we're going to be crowning the first champion at Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia. How do you guys feel about this change with Triple H, you know, presenting a new world champion?
2: Okay. So, a couple points here. One. It's awesome, you know, I love the design of the belt. I love that it's super reminiscent of the big gold, which it's, I'm assuming it's supposed to be representing. It's that title, just yeah. a new design. They brought yeah. the title back, so to speak, you know, but it's obviously a modernized version. Um, I think it's beautiful. You know, I think that it could be very prestigious. However, I think you need to be very careful as to who you're going to be putting that belt on first. You know, that is history making again because, again, we haven't seen this title since, what, 2013, 2012, maybe? So it's like, it's been gone for a long time. If you're going to be bringing it back and you're, you you want to live and build on that pop you got that night, you're going to have to capitalize on who gets it first. Second part. <clears throat> Where it's nice that we have the World Heavyweight title back. Why are we still on this dual title fucking Roman shit? Because if they throw it on Gunther, he's going to be a fucking dual champion too. And I'm sick of seeing fucking dual champions at this point. I want to see the diverse, the diversity again. Because at this point, they've squeezed themselves into a tighter corner with fucking Roman Reigns what they should have done was build some kind of angle surrounding his reign and find a way to break those titles in half and turn the universal back into the world heavyweight title. They should have gone that route because now you have three main event titles and not really a place for all three because it's like what? So one person is just going to constantly fucking hold two titles and One brand gets kind of like, oh, this is this new title, but it's not as prestigious as this fucking other storyline going on with this badass fucking dude who's had two for fucking a thousand days. They backed themselves into another corner and compensated by bringing back a new title, not thinking about this. So I'm scared still. I don't know creatively what the fuck they're going to do with Roman Reigns. They need to break those titles in half, period. Like That should have been the angle. So where I'm happy that the, the heavyweight title's back, I'm still kind of fucking pissed. But that's my thoughts.
0: Uh, yeah, so um, obviously I watched the weekly shows. I watched the uh, unveiling of the new title. Beautiful title. I actually messaged in the group chat, and Ben mm-hmm. started to almost shit his pants. and I did? To get, Trying to get your attention, Donnie, where you might have been sleeping at the time. I'm glad I was
1: because I was able to do a reaction Tuesday morning without seeing the championship. So the reaction on the We Are Wrestling Channel of me seeing the title for the first time yeah. was genuine and hundred percent real.
0: Yeah. yeah. So here here's my thoughts, man, and I, I do feel the same way as Ben in a lot in a lot of cases. Um having Roman have two titles and then unveiling this new one, it almost seems like because obviously, you know, they're gonna they're still giving Roman the, this dominating run, this really lengthy uh title run that he's on. It it does like a lot of people have considered this new title as a consolation prize, you know. Yeah. With Roman having the two, having the Universal title and WWE title, and you know, had combining them pretty much, I it's already taken a lot of procedures away from this new title. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as I know, I originally was under the impression that they were going to strip maybe the WWE title away from Roman, have him keep the universal title, because that's, like, the title that he first won, um, and having this New World Heavyweight title, and that way you have two titles but separate. Turns out that's not the case. They're gonna keep both the titles on Roman, um, and Roman's gonna keep the titles with whatever brand he gets drafted to, pretty much, whether that's Raw or SmackDown, more than likely SmackDown, because he doesn't like working Mondays, um, just like I'm, Triple H here's, on Tuesdays. <laughs> here, here's what I'm hoping. Here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we continue this storyline between him and Cody. I'm hoping Cody beats him at SummerSlam. I'm hoping with with Cody beating him that Cody keeps the WWE title because that's the title that he really wants. That's the title that's synonymous with like his family legacy and his dad, and you know, the whole storyline that's going on. And I'm hoping with that. WWE decides to retire the universal title, keep the WWE title. That way you have the WWE title and the world heavyweight title. They're separate. That's, that's a way that you can do it. A very logical way you can do it. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So my thoughts on the new world heavyweight championship, I got to agree with both you guys on your takes. They absolutely make sense. And I really do like the new design a lot with this title. Even though it's the World Heavyweight title with a big W slapped on it. Still looks better than Universal. Still looks better than the WWE Championship. But to clarify what you guys were saying and your concerns about the Universal and the WWE Champion. I absolutely agree. It feels like... It doesn't feel like a world champion. Because of course... Roman Reigns has been, you know, dominating. He's been champion for almost a thousand days now. And this kind of feels like, like a charity title while he's, you know, having this, you know, unbelievable run. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, the criticism that, you know, WWE has been getting because of how long this title reign has been with that being said with Roman Reigns You know, having both titles, it feels like a charity title. And that's the problem I have here with it. But I think what's going to happen realistically, when Roman loses the champion, I think it is going to be one title after that happens. Similar to what happened during the Ruthless Aggression era. So we had the time where Jericho won both, you know, the World Heavyweight title and the WWE title. And then Triple H, you know, won the titles. And then after that, they decided to go with, you know, the undisputed WWE Champion, which that was the title before the spinner. So I think what's going to happen is I think we're going to get a new design for WWE Champion. And I think it's going to be called the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. I think that name is going to stay the way it is. Yeah, but but I like do- that. I like the new title, though. I'm excited.
0: There's I like it, too. I like it, too. But. You know, the title that everybody wants, let's face it, is the one that Roman has held for almost a 1,000 days. Like, that is, like, the prize in WWE. And it does feel like this new title, it should be very prestigious because it is the World Heavyweight title. But it just seems like, oh, you here, you guys have an opportunity to win this because you guys are not good enough to dethrone Roman Reigns. You know what I mean? And I think
1: what WWE is mistaking in this situation is Because it's the brand split, because we're doing a draft, Roman's going to be drafted to either Raw or SmackDown. And by the time this, you know, podcast airs, we'll already know where Roman gets drafted because he's probably going to be the first pick. But here's where WWE, I think, is wrong. They think that Roman's going to be on one brand, then the other brand will have the World Heavyweight title. So the people that are on the other brand aren't going to be focusing on Roman Reigns. They're going to be focusing on the world heavyweight title. But a lot of people don't realize... But here's what WWE doesn't realize. Roman's been champion for over a thousand days. He is breaking records out here and becoming, you know, a future Hall of Famer by doing all of this. And who isn't realistically going to want to take the titles off of Roman? They'd rather do that than become the world heavyweight champion in a little tournament. Let's be real.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: But the thing is, for me, like, I know, like, I understand where both of you guys are coming from. The thing I like about this a lot is there's going to be more opportunities out there. And I like how WWE is actually doing a legitimate brand split. It's about fucking time they have the they have the
2: fucking talent for it now you know but i mean a lot of rehires and everything so
0: they've done they've done brand splits before and within a couple of months time you know they're flip-flopping and they're going back and forth and i mean with this new contract though
2: bro well the thing is though with this new contract or the new complete new owner they're gonna they're not gonna have a choice like i think what they're setting up now is gonna be the longevity of the future for a while because they're going to want a specific suit for their programming. And I think that's what they're going for.
1: And that's the thing. There's a lot of triple H guys. And I know triple H creatively, he came from, you know, the attitude era, but Mm -hmm. also he was a main key player in ruthless aggression. And he (laughs) knows what can happen when you have a bunch of new guys, Ben and I, we really grew up watching ruthless aggression And we saw lots of, you know, new characters on our screen Mm -hmm. and with a brand split raw and SmackDown, this is the perfect way to get a lot of these triple H guys over because you're not going to be seeing the same people every single show. Mm -hmm. And especially with one of our, you know, report, one of our reports that we're going to be talking about this week, like they're talking about having the pay-per-views back. Exclusive to Raw, exclusive to SmackDown. Yeah. This is fantastic, especially with Triple H's takeover mindset, doing five or six matches at pay per view or premier oh, live yeah. event. This is fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um but doing this like brand exclusive stuff, don't you think that'll be a little bit hard for Triple H? You no. know what I mean?
2: No, not at all.
0: This is gonna be a lot easier, if
1: anything.
2: That and it's gonna not only it's gonna be so much better in terms of like premium, like brand exclusive content, especially you know when it comes to you know pay per views like No Way Out, fucking Armageddon, shit like that, where it was exclusively X, Y, and Z. Yeah, you were able to craft perfect storylines and long term storytelling by going by that criteria. Because then you can focus on your brand and not have to worry about shit colliding and then randomly having, for example, Rhea Ripley, part of the Judgment Day. She's SmackDown Women's Champion now. That would interfere if she was put on a separate brand and then she's massively just gone from Judgment Day and then it's going to look like ass and there was no closure there. So it's, it's ways to prevent that stuff too. So with this draft, it's a complete clean slate, new time to just go into a whole new era, which they're doing. So I feel like this is going to be easy, easier rather. This is going to be a lot more satisfying for fans so they're not having to be like, well, shit, you know, a guy from SmackDown is on fucking Raw tonight and I can't fucking do that because I can't fucking watch it because I craft my whole life around fucking Raw. Like, this is where it's going to get easier for him. So I feel like it's going to pay off in the long run a lot more.
1: So with that being said... I say we get into, you know, the next topic that kind of leads into what we're talking about. So, WWE is reportedly considering bringing back exclusive brand premiere live events. According to WRKD Wrestling, one format being discussed after the announcement of the draft and the introduction to the new World Heavyweight Championship on Monday Night Raw is the idea of potential brand exclusive premiere live events. Should WWE do this?
2: Yes, and we just discussed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. pretty much.
0: Uh, I think I think they should. Um, I do think it can work. Uh, you know, like, are they gonna rebrand all the pay per views though? I think. Well, here's what I saw
1: in the report. So I
2: heard there's some returning.
1: There's going to be pay per views once a month. Raw gets a pay per view. SmackDown gets a pay per view. And then there's going to be five premier live events where it's both brands. Yeah. I'm assuming it's going to be
0: SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. Money
1: in the Bank. Yeah. I think those are going to be the five,
0: definitely. And guys, Money in the Bank is like one of the big five now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely is one of the five. And especially with the Money in the Bank. Having, you know, the brand split, you're going to want the Money in the Bank contract to, you know, be on both brands because it adds more to storylines and opportunities to, you know, make a superstar. Like, for example, Edge, he won his Money in the Bank at WrestleMania 21. He became a star at New Year's Revolution 2006, Albany, New York, cashed in
0: on John Cena, became the Rated R Superstar. Mm -hmm. Now, I have a question for you guys regarding this brand split. Now, obviously, like we have like SmackDown exclusive champions and Raw exclusive champions. Uh, Do you think it's automatic that they're going to stay on their brand or do you think that they're going to like say Bianca Belair, she's Raw champion, Raw women's champion. She gets drafted to SmackDown. Do you think her and Rhea are going to swap titles? Yep. Yep. 100%. It's just not going
2: to end as horribly as fucking Charlotte and Becky.
0: Because they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to have Rhea and Bianca on the same because no, they're they champions. No,
2: p- precisely. But if they were to draft, they would swap titles.
1: One thing I really want, though, out of these, you know, women world champions, I want one of them to have a different design. Like, I want why them... did they have to be the same?
0: Yeah, I want them to get rid of both the like, you know, both. Uh keep one set of the tag titles, but get rid of the other ones or split them or do something, bro. I can't do this whole, like if they look ridiculous, holding fucking each holding two titles and they're fucking, the titles aren't even good looking.
1: <laughs> yeah. The Usos are like the only ones that actually made the titles look somewhat decent, at least that design, but we're all yeah. happy that they're not the champions right now. Mm. But honestly, like with the tag teams, this is something that I've been thinking about a lot. And I feel like WWE doesn't have a very strong tag team division. And that's why, like, personally, I would have the tag team champions go to both Raw and SmackDown instead of having two different divisions. Because I feel like it's not strong mm. enough. Mm. Especially the women tag team champions. They need to just scrap those. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: But guys, we'll be right back with more We Are Wrestling podcasts. Saturday, June 17th, 2023, both Captain's Corner and Zombie Hideout are bringing professional wrestling back to the New England area with... The Wrestling Classic 3, which will be a wrestling convention bringing in some of the best wrestlers throughout the years at this event in Springfield, Mass., at the South End Community Center. You can meet Hall of Famers, Kurt Angle, Lex Luger, DDP, AEW stars, The Guns, and so many more classic stars to be announced on Saturday, June 17th. And for the first time ever, we are wrestling We're going to be a vendor. We're going to be working with Zombie Hideout and Captain's Corner with this event. Best One Donnie has had the opportunity to go to both the Wrestling Classic 1 and 2. And let me tell you, the Wrestling Classic 3 is going to be like no other. And if you want to, you know, have an opportunity to meet some of the best in the business, they will be in Springfield, Mass. On Saturday, June 17th. South End Community Center in Springfield, Mass. Also, the We Are Wrestling team will be there with a table. We'll be having merchandise, and we'll also be giving away some stuff as well. And, of course, you already know, we'll be vlogging as well. You're definitely not going to want to miss this event. Get your tickets now. Speaking of Captain's Corner, the guy that is running the Wrestling Classic 3, he made some news this past weekend. Do, with during one of his virtual signings with Chavo Guerrero. And during this virtual signing with, you know, our good buddies, Captain's Corner, Chavo stated this. And I quote, I got to tell you this. I just don't understand why Rey Mysterio still has to look. We all love Eddie Guerrero. But we're not going out with his gimmick and our gimmick. It was Los Guerrero's gimmick. And to come out with the Los Guerrero's, we lie, we cheat, we steal. And everybody like, oh, yeah, keeping Eddie's memory alive. I say no, dude. I'm tired of people, and this is not a bitter thing. This is the truth. We worked hard for that last name. The whole family worked really, really hard to get that name to where it was. And we're tired of people preceding it. In a sense of using it for their benefit. So, Rey Mysterio, mm. I'm sorry that no one knows who Rey Mysterio Sr. is. Rey Mysterio Jr., no one knows who he is. And I'm sorry that you had to latch on the Guerrero family, and we're just kind of tired of it. So, thank you for keeping Eddie's name alive. Thank you for keeping the Guerrero's name alive, but we don't need you. We're good. You know what I'm saying? Then, later on after that statement, he's been trolling people on Twitter the past week. And then he posted, this is how a heel should tweet. Hook, line, and sinker. I still got it. How do you feel about Chavo Guerrero (laughs) trolling the entire IWC? (laughs) It's
2: clever. If it was a work, it was clever. I mean, it? it's kind of unnecessary because, I mean, again, Chavo Guerrero is not really, like, it anymore. But that, not bad, I guess, you know. I'm like, It was it was in good taste, you know. Because, like, we already know that they're, like, super happy about what they're doing, you know, with Eddie Guerrero's, like, shit that, you know, that happened at uh, WrestleMania and everything. Like, obviously, like, everybody, including Chavo, was fucking pumped about it. We already all know that, so... For him to go out and say that, and then people actually bite into the apple, just kind of proves how dumb a human race we are. So, I mean, yeah, he still got it. <laughs> he still got it. So, I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm kind of with it. I'm kind of with it.
1: How do you feel, Danny, about about this whole Chavo Guerrero stint?
2: Chavo, Chavo
0: is always someone a... Chavo, I was Chavo. waiting
1: for you, somebody, to do that. I wanted to be the one to do it, but I let you do it.
0: <laughs> Chavo's always been some, somewhat of a, you know, a, a troll. Even when he was with, even when he was Kerwin White, you know, the golfer gimmick
2: back in the day. Kerwin White. <laughs>
1: if it's not white, it's not right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That was um, such a good yo, character. Alive, that was such a good much.
1: ruthless aggression character.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um but isn't maybe it, not is for Chavo. Isn't Rey Mysterio Jr. Rey Mysterio or am I getting a mix? No, up?
2: he's he is that it is the same person.
1: No, Rey Mysterio Sr. that's his dad.
2: Yeah. Rey sure. Mysterio Jr. he he started as and then just went Rey Mysterio when he joined uh, WWE. Yeah, but Chavo was Junior and in W C W
0: Chavo in the interview or whatever was like, yeah, nobody knows who Rey Mysterio Jr. is. Well apparently he just got inducted in the Hall of Fame, so
2: yeah, so the fact that he even said that openly and people were still like, fuck you, man. Like, yeah, like it's hilarious. So I'm, um, yeah, yeah, I'm not mad Jump. about it. Chavo's
0: doing what any guy in his position would do, bro. Like, obviously. Could you, you
2: imagine if Eddie Guerrero was still around? Do you imagine what his tweets would look like? Fuck. Eddie is probably <laughs> up in
1: heaven right now, laughing his ass off with this entire thing.
0: Bro, could you imagine what Eddie Guerrero would be like if he was on Twitter?
2: <laughs> That's what I'm sa- I literally just said that. Like, Eddie Guerrero on Twitter would be fucking hilarious. It'd be fucking hilarious, dude. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> it would, everything would end with with essay. <laughs>
0: you, oh, think, fuck, you, think, you think the fucking cheek is bad, man? Jesus Christ,
2: dude, Guerrero Anyone would be saying some savage shit.
0: <laughs> but you know, I mean, Chavo's doing what anybody in his position would do. You know, he knows that you know the the Guerrero name is really hot right now because obviously the whole Dominic and Rey Mysterio thing, and obviously you know ray and dominic before this they were very synonymous with the the custody battle back in like what 2005 (laughs) that shit was Um, great
2: man that storyline was fire
0: and obviously you know with you know uh, lwo now like at the start of their music they have the intro of eddie's music now so you know uh, attached to their entrance so you know the career name is hot he's taking full advantage trying to get his name out there i mean Do you know how many do you realize how much money the dude can charge for fucking like appearances now? Because his name is like fucking everywhere. Yeah. Like the dude just nobody can say he's not a smart businessman.
2: It was so good hearing Eddie's fucking music again at Mania. Last thing I wanted to say.
0: So my thoughts on this.
1: The best part about this whole Chavo Guerrero thing is Captain's Corner has been all over the IWC. Because, of course, you know, with all these wrestling articles and sites, they have to, you know, do the whole according to, and they're doing the captain's corner, which, you know, for captain's corner, I love that for him. Like, he absolutely deserves it. Does a fantastic job with all these virtual signings and, you know, bringing some of, you know, best wrestlers in our area at wrestling shows and stuff. So I love that he's getting this, you know, publicity. And,. Man, Chavo Guerrero, like I, I love what he, I loved what he did.
0: I, uh, I, I love ask, when the
1: IWC gets pissed.
0: I gotta ask you, man. Since, uh, since Captain's Corner is involved in this whole thing, you know, that's where that's where the statements came out. What are the likelihood that he gets Chavo for uh, the Wrestling Classic?
1: Definitely could be a possibility. That'd be pretty uh, fucking crazy. Captain's man. Captain's Corner. He does a really fantastic job with you know the virtual signings. Whenever, you know, he brings talent in for these events, they have nothing but positive things to say about him. Like, he treats them so good. And why a lot of these, you know, (laughs) wrestling legends, a lot of them will come to multiple wrestling classics Mm -hmm. and come to the area more because of how well, you know, Captain's Corner treats them. But Uh, now, you know, back to my thoughts on Chavo Guerrero. I loved every second of this. I was on Twitter, on his Twitter, while all this was happening, and then, like, he would reply to, like, haters and, like, they would be, like, to him. (laughs) They would go, oh, freaking Ray, Eddie has always talked high of him, and then Chavo would say, no, he didn't. (laughs) Like, little (laughs) things like that, and then, like, people would go dive deep into the internet to find, like, Eddie Guerrero when he left WWE, praising Ray Mysterio in like one of those like independent interview things mm-hmm. and then like basically like somebody like told Chavo they're like wasn't Eddie and Ray like really good friends on the road Chavo says no they weren't and the <laughs> fact that like everybody is believing this shit that's the part i found funny about it and i even went on instagram like when this stuff came out and yeah. Ray's following Chavo. Chavo's following Ray. It was definitely a publicity stunt. Chavo's just having some fun.
0: Oh, and I think sure. Eddie Bro. is
1: having fun up there laughing at all this.
0: Bro, us. didn't didn't I say, didn't I say a couple of months ago something something to the benefit of adding Chavo Guerrero on WWE TV involved in this whole this whole Dominic Ray storyline? Ironically enough, now this whole thing is coming out. I feel like Chavo is trying to get have some kind of involvement. He
1: should. He still got it. He should. He did a good job as Andrade's manager for a little bit in AEW until he left.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing. Chavo's a smart businessman, man, man. and like, no offense, but there's a lot of people in the IWC that are just fucking brain dead retarded. So,
2: absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man.
0: But now, you know,
1: before we get into, you know, our next topic. We're going to be doing a new thing here on the We Are Wrestling podcast once a week. Danny, Ben, and myself, we are going to be picking a random comment that you commented down below. And it could be any type of comment. And this week, since I started the tradition, I'm going to be the one to, you know, share the comment that I want to show you guys. And this was during my vacation. During an extra that Ben recorded about WWE bringing back blood. And this comment was from We Are Wrestling Maniac JC4402. And she said, and I quote, We asked if. So pretty much we asked if they should bring blood back. She said, If they want me to watch, yes.
2: Oh. yeah i remember seeing that one
0: simplified (laughs) it man simplified it
1: that was our first comment of the week so for the we are wrestling maniacs out there that are tuning into the podcast if you want your comment to be highlighted on a future episode comment any of the videos because once a week ben will pick one danny will pick one and myself
0: not not any of the videos bro we have a lot of content the most recent episode um but man Make it something funny and witty and something that we we laugh at, man. It just can't be just any ordinary comment.
1: Man. Hey, there's a reason why JC got that comment right there. If they want me to watch, yes. <laughs>
2: hey, straight to the point, man. No need to beat around the bush.
0: Watch AEW, watch man. You can see uh, Moxie go in the shower and he just starts gushing blood. He just showers board. blood. <laughs> yep, Moxley eats gushers. Moxley's
2: blood and bro- Axe body spray.
0: <laughs> Mox, Moxley would have been great for the Brood, man. He was probably he was probably in Gangrel's cup, and Gangrel just spit him all over the audience.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> have a little bit of swish, of
1: Mox. Yep. When John Moxley wakes up, he brushes his teeth until the gums bleed. Yep. Oh yeah.
2: He brushes. All right. His,
0: he combs his hair with razors, bro.
2: <laughs> Never mind. That's the comment of the week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the take of the week. <laughs> he
2: brushes his hair with razors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That one was actually fucking All right. great. All right. You got All right, that, Dan. Moving on now to our next topic on this week's episode of the We Are Wrestling podcast. Some AEW news came out. AEW Ooh. star, TNT champion, Wardlow, wants to wrestle Goldberg. So during an interview with Simon Miller of Walt Culture during WrestleMania weekend in Los Angeles, Wardlow said this, and I quote, well, I actually pointed at him and I said, bet your ass I'm not next. Yeah, you guys just missed it. Goldberg did walk through just a minute ago and we exchanged words. Don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but we both mutually agreed that if the opportunity comes, we would love to see who is really next. So, with Goldberg pretty much, you know, been saying in interviews recently that he plans to retire, you know, within the end of this year, and he's been talking about, you know, having one final, like, run, one final match, how do you feel about AEW star Wardlow going against him?
2: Okay. So when it comes to Wardlow, obviously a lot of fans were kinda pissed when he lost his push kinda and like he got kinda lost in the shuffle and like there wasn't really much for him after his split from NJF. You know, it kinda his his momentum kinda died down a little bit. Um and from what you guys were saying, he's a very good like a very good talent all around. Like, he's built for it. Like, he, I've seen the dude. He's literally built for this. Um, I don't know what his mic skills are like. I don't know what his promo skills are like, but people seem to really be with the fact that he won the TNT Championship back. So, you know, one, bravo. I'm definitely down to rehash things, especially if there's a good nuance direction that they're going to give him a really good, solid push and maybe eventually find his way to MJF's doorstep at some point. They have a lot of history there. So I yeah man that's great but in terms of going against Goldberg would this be a good person for him to take retirement on yes I think it'd be great I think it'd be fucking sweet um, I don't want to see Goldberg anywhere around WWE anymore you know I just he can't perform to the level that he used to and I feel like in terms of what Goldberg wants to do I feel like Wardlow could provide and help bounce that balance into that match to make goldberg look like a thousand bucks again so he could actually build his name back up from the reputation he's tarnished with a lot of his botches he's had biting off more than he can chew wardlow can make him look fucking like gold but also put him over up and put him over in the same standpoint you know so ultimately i never thought i'd say it but i'd be for it you know i feel like it'd be a good retirement match it'd be good with a fresh fucking pair of you know hands that you could definitely get crossed up in the fucking squared circle with you know it's new talent for him and it's refreshing you know and it's to the capability in what he wants to do it's more rough you know it's pro wrestling it's not as much entertainment you know so it would be more believable and sellable in AEW so again I'm all for it
1: yeah so my thoughts now on you know AEW star Wardlow wanting to have this dream match with Goldberg there is only two people that I would want to be, you know, the last opponent for Goldberg. And that is WWE star, Braun Breaker, or Wardlow. And I think, you know, Wardlow and Goldberg, they have a lot of similarities about each other. The entrance, you know, the prelude coming out. And, you know, Wardlow doing the powerbomb symphony while Goldberg did the jackhammer and the spear. So there's a lot of, you know, similarities there between both guys and honestly a guy like Goldberg he can put Wardlow over and take Wardlow to that next level that we haven't seen yet from him because I think Wardlow I was listening to an interview from Chris Van Vliet with Sean Spears he's fucking awesome
2: I love Chris Van Vliet
1: and during this interview with Sean Spears he stated that He would love to get in the ring with Wardlow for 20 minutes because he thinks that he can, you know, take something out of Wardlow to really elevate him to that main event status. And that's the thing with Goldberg. I think he could be that guy that, you know, because a lot of casual fans that loved watching Goldberg growing up, they're going to watch this. And they're going to see a lot of similarities with Wardlow, except Wardlow could work probably better in the ring than Goldberg.
2: Oh, absolutely. By miles now. Ab- but this absolutely. is going
1: to be great exposure for Wardlow, and he could become a top guy if Goldberg puts him over, which honestly, if there's anybody in AEW, because Goldberg, you know, already stated like WWE is not interested in doing one final match with them. So he's
2: botched too much, man. So, yeah, like I said, Wardlow, 100 percent
1: Goldberg's run's been a little lackluster. It's been
2: entirely lackluster.
1: (laughs) And that's the thing. Like, there's already some promoters saying like they want him to go internationally to do like a tour similar to Hulk Hogan did like in the late, you know, 2000s and just have him go to these, you know, countries and have, you know, one final match. And if AEW doesn't make the call, I see that happening. But if AEW makes the call, they need to do Wardlow versus Goldberg at all in in front of that entire UK crowd, that stadium. Yeah.
2: That can, can put it.
1: asses in seats right there. I could see it. So, Danny, how do you feel about this? I'm
0: dealing with the situation right now. Um I wouldn't mind seeing Goldberg and Wardlow have a match together. Uh, they're very similar. You know, obviously, when Goldberg comes out, you know, he still gets the Goldberg chance uh, every every now and then. You know they're going to... I do have a feeling that Tony Khan is going to be getting Goldberg for All-In, too. It just makes sense. You know, he's trying... They're, they're trying to sell out, you know, 80,000 seats, you know. Um, so... You gotta have big marquee matches if that's the case, you know, and you
2: that gotta could have, definitely be one for them.
0: You gotta have the Wardlows versus Goldbergs. You gotta <laughs> instead have, of
2: Goldberg, it's gonna be Wardlow. <laughs> you
0: gotta, you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have CM Punk versus Kenny Omega or something. Like you gotta have big you gotta marquee have dream matches. matches, exactly. Absolutely, you know. But you gotta have yeah, matches bitch. that people actually give a shit about. You can't just have matches. With really talented people from, you know, all over the world, but people that are really household names, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this Vindigo guy, like uh, phenomenal Vindigo. talent, but Vikingo Viking go or whatever, however you pronounce his name.
2: Von but Wagner. That
0: triple A wrestler, right? <laughs> Von he's Wagner. Not, he's not a household name. And they were, they were pretty much. <laughs> yeah. You got to have Von, Von Wagner, man. And all too. Von that, Wagner. That is. A sure sellout 90,000 seats, man. If you have Von Wagner headline <laughs> that event,
2: <laughs> I'm sorry I had to with the Von Wagner. I, I had to bring that was it up. Great. again. That was a great extra. If it you guys really haven't was.
1: checked that out earlier in the week, check it out. But honestly, like you're right though, like if they want to sell out 80,000 seats, you're going to have to have these dream matches. And honestly, a Goldberg versus Wardlow match would be probably the best thing AEW can do, not only for their promotion, but for Wardlow, a homegrown AEW talent. Because going against a big name like Goldberg, who had uh, one of the greatest undefeated streaks in professional wrestling, um, Wardlow does the powerbomb symphony to him. He's going to become, he can become a world champion right after that.
2: Sir, I have a question. Sir, I have a question. When does All In take place?
0: August twenty seventh. August 27th. Uh What
2: day is it? A Saturday?
0: Yes, I believe so. I, I this
2: heard this sounds juicy, be- so I actually might watch this. <laughs> I, heard, I heard. I heard. Come now, on over. I, I, what, what, he said? Come what, on over, what, man. What's
0: weird as fuck about this whole event, right? Is there's no? They have not announced what it's going to be on, and. The whole thing about, you know, what the whole thing about this event is they're gonna be celebrating a hundred years of Warner Brothers. Oh, that shit. makes me, that makes me think they're gonna be streaming this on HBO Max.
2: Bro, if they fucking do, I'm so there. <laughs> like I will I'm watch so that shit so Max. quick, bro. <laughs> I have HBO Max, so that's perfect. I'll fucking watch that shit all day.
0: It should be a really good show, bro
2: oh, yeah, man i I like I said it sounds juicy, so I think that's it's something I'm gonna have to be a part I of, do. but speaking about I... all in um our main event involves one of those potential matches as well.
1: Oh, I can't wait to get into our main event topic, but before we get into that before we get into our final break, or actually nah. Guys, we'll be right back with more We Are Wrestling podcast.
2: I fucking love that. I just, nah, we'll be back. He's like, like, fuck fuck that, that, man. (laughs) I love the attitude change. Just, nah, fuck that. We'll be right back.
1: back and before we get into our main event topic for this week's episode of the podcast we're also going to be doing something new as well where I am going to pick a random tweet in the IWC because of course Ben and Danny are not active on Twitter and I'm always on Twitter and for some reason I just get a kick out of it because there's a lot of crazy delusional wrestling fans sometimes great opinions other times shitty opinions, and this is going to be a new segment called Tweet of the Week, and from this Twitter user, at AngoPW, he tweeted, and I quote, got it right here on the phone, that's right, NXT, since it's developmental, should be treated like free agency, if you don't get drafted to Raw or SmackDown, then you go to NXT, call-ups should be treated as free agent signings another statement he made Adam Pierce needs to be exclusive to raw and someone else needs to be the equivalent on SmackDown we don't need on-screen GMs but we do need authority figures on TV once in a while to justify decisions being made GMs shouldn't be the main character but supporting characters to tie up loose ends in storylines what are your thoughts on Anjo's take
2: I agree, honestly. Like that's kind of solid. Like I, that's bringing like structure back. Like that, I'm with that. I have no complaints there. Like I solidly agree.
0: How do you feel, Danny? A little, uh, a little, a fun little tidbit of information uh, regarding uh, Ango. As before, obviously, a little while before started here on We Are Wrestling. I actually conversated with him a little bit about possibly doing a podcast with him. So that's a, a little uh, tidbit of information there. Oh. Uh, as far as what, damn, he said, Danny
1: said that Ben and I are better than Anjo. Oh,
0: <laughs> but as far as as far as like as far as you know, having like a, an authority figure on Raw and SmackDown, I do I do think that's good. I would actually honestly like I love the on-screen GM roles, or whatever, just because I, ha- I add some. Add some flair or whatever to the shows. You know what I mean. Like Eric Bischoff. My God, I would. I would love to see Adam Pierce and Paul Heyman as you know Paul Heyman, the GM of SmackDown. It's funny that you said that, as
2: I fucking said the same damn thing. If he wasn't a part of the bloodline.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. I said the same fucking thing, man. Technically, (laughs) Roman's not on the show very often. Shut your bitch ass up. And he he wasn't with the Usos or uh, Solo on Monday, so.
1: My thoughts on Ango's comments that he made on Twitter. I love that mindset. I love everything about that tweet because I've always said that in sports and wrestling can coexist. And... We see, you know, the UFC, we see, you know, the NBA, the NFL, we see all of these, you know, storylines that happen in these sports and with, you know, wrestling, of course, you know, it's sports entertainment, we get solid storylines and stuff. And honestly, treating NXT like a developmental league, which it already is a developmental league, that's perfect for guys that don't get called up because then they're going to want to work for something. They're going to want to work. To get on Raw. They're going to want to work to get on SmackDown. Because if you get undrafted in this draft. Going to NXT. That's pretty much like the proving ground. You go there and you have to prove yourself. Mm -hmm. And then. That's how you can get you know over. Into the main roster. Like imagine in 2016. When they did the draft. Heat Slater. He went undrafted. Imagine NXT at the time. It wasn't. It wasn't black and gold. It was what it is now. And he Slater didn't get drafted, so he goes to NXT, has to prove himself, and then maybe he gets over with something. Then he gets called up, and he is going to be more important then, or he's going to be more important now than he was before being drafted, undrafted.
0: Yeah, I definitely. Um... Yo, that's a good that's a good way for them to bring great way a- authenticity back to NXT because like NXT is bro, this show is so fucking brutal, man. Like it's it's it it is kind of like their premium live events and their pay per views and stuff like that. They're they're really fun to watch. They do put a lot of time in those, but like the weekly shows, bro, they just drag and they're just to me personally, they're not fun to watch at all, which is why I don't watch NXT.
1: Yeah, that's no, very weird. true. And I'm curious to see like. Who's gonna actually get called up for the draft? I'm
0: very excited. I, I have I have two names that I that I'm pretty sure they're gonna be getting called up. Do you want to know who they are? Yeah, pretty deadly. Uh, Obviously, on, we know that on Tuesday they, they got thrown into
1: like a fucking river or something. Yeah. their way of getting so written. They're
0: off. either going. They're either getting drafted or which I could. I could. I I don't like them as a tag team. You know but I could see them feuding with, like, New Day, you know, something like that. Um, they're either getting drafted or they're getting fucking released. <laughs> so, I
1: think they're going to get drafted because they were booked pretty highly on NXT from what I saw, which I'm not a regular viewer for NXT.
0: No. But, uh, I mean, if you want to bring some, like, some authenticity back to NXT the way it used to be, being, being NXT, you know, because FC... Uh, NXT was obviously FCW, and that's where Roman and you know the Shield, whatever, got their start. So who's the next person it. that you
2: think is is getting drafted?
0: Braun I... Breaker.
2: Yeah, I could see it finally. Cameron Grimes. Cameron, Cameron Grimes. Grimes is hundred percent. Cameron happening. Grimes.
0: Cameron Grimes has been ready to go since fucking like September or something like that. I know he took some time off. He bought a house or whatever. But as far he's in really good fucking shape, bro. Have you seen his Instagram? Oh, I bet,
1: man. Hasn't been taking bumps for a while.
0: (laughs) Dude's fucking shredded. Honestly, like
1: I'm I'm gonna go with Braun Breaker and Cameron Grimes, definitely. And honestly, I think it's time for Braun Breaker to get, you know, called up. Let's let him, you know, get over with this crowd. Mm -hmm. And what better time than during, you know, Triple H's era beginning now? Yeah. Okay, so moving on now to The main event topic for this week's episode of the podcast. Some news happened this past Monday. Raw was in Chicago and CM Punk visited WWE. He was backstage. So here are all the details that I got. According to PW Insider, thank you Danny for sending this in the group chat. All your hard work doing all the research and being our um, dirt sheet.
2: Man, between dirt sheet and shit it's so,
0: it's so hard and exhausting, man. Being, being, you know, the one that puts in the most work. So in then, stop,
2: the stop shit posting, and then just focus on the fucking news, and then you won't be so fucking exhausted. <laughs> we're the time acknowledging, it don't even
0: we're shit.
1: acknowledging your hard work, Danny, right now. Acknowledge
0: me. But
1: now we're not acknowledging it because we got to get into it. So All right. here are the bullet points from. PW Insider with oh, CM me, Punk's damn. Raw visit that was backstage this past Monday. So, and here it is. Punk was in Florida over the weekend doing commentary for an MMA promotion, Cage Fury Fighting Champions. When flying out of Tampa, he ended up on the same flight as several WWE talent and staff. At that point, Punk learned WWE was at the All-State Arena, which is close prominently to his home in Chicago. That's usually where AEW will do their Chicago shows. At some point before the show was to begin, Punk arrived at the venue and was brought into the building by other talent. Oh. Punk was in a common area in full view of anyone who came past him backstage and ran into Triple H. Oh. PW Insider are told, by someone who saw the interaction that the two shook hands and Punk asked if it was okay that he visited and Triple H had time. They, could they speak for two minutes? Whoop. Lost the article. Hold on one second. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. All right. difficulties. Okay, so. Triple H allegedly said he had to make sure with the big guy it was okay. A reference to Vince McMahon. It was perhaps one to two minutes interaction, if even that. Punk remained in the area and spoke to a number of talent. What happened to be walking by, including the Miz, clearing whatever issues were between the two during the period when Punk was on WWE backstage? Because both of the guys, you know, they had a lot of issues when Punk left. Mm -hmm. Those who saw Punk greeted him warmly. There were some who had, what was he doing here, reaction. But that was something said later by those who hadn't hadn't actually ran into him. Punk was never behind any closed doors or rooms, remaining in that common area. There were no secret meetings or anything of that sort. Within 20 minutes or so, Punk was sent word by WWE security that he wasn't going to be allowed to remain, and he exited. PW Insider are told that CM Punk was respectful of that decision, said his goodbyes, and left. He was also respected by everyone during this entire time he was backstage. Based on the response from those within AEW, this was something most, if anything, if anyone in AEW knew was going to happen at the immediate reaction was that this had to be some sort of lie that was being passed around. Even within WWE, the initial reaction that Punk had even visited was complete disbelief. And with the exceptions of those who actually saw him, many thought it was a fake story. PW Insider had a WWE exclusive call, executive call, and asked if the site had been hacked after they broke the story and Punk was backstage. One person under contract at WWE who saw CM Punk there said and came off as Punk was just there trying to kill whatever past heat there was between himself and The Miz. And theor- theorized that may have been why he wanted to speak with Triple H as well. As they said, isn't nine to ten years enough time of carrying whatever bad blood there is? Wow, that was a lot of shit that we got with CM Punk's, you know, latest visit to WWE because this is the first time in 90 years CM yeah. Punk, you know, decided to visit and, you know, squash some beef that he had in the past. How do you guys feel about all of these, you know, reports coming out about CM Punk's latest WWE visit?
2: So fucking sweet. Like, yeah, you that's great. No, that's, uh... it's a breath of fresh air, you know, it's it's really nice to see very bitter people get over shit, you know, whether, however long it's been, it doesn't matter what happened, you know, X, Y, and Z, it's good to know that even CM Punk himself is on a level of forgiveness now where they can just fucking kiss and make up, they can lick their wounds and keep going uh they can throw some mud on it and maybe eventually one day down the road that there could be some open possibilities you know never say never at this point you know see him CM, CM Punk initiated it you know it wasn't like oh like he's saying for years like oh you know fucking they called I would listen but I'm not going to go out and you know fucking get out, go out of my way to do all this shit and what just happened you know that's the biggest thing is he was there to squash beef even with Triple H, which was a huge fucking deal, um, huge, and even like waited on Vince's okay, you know, like and respectfully left when asked to, and understood entirely, and it wasn't a and it wasn't just a, you know, an AEW thing or a WWE thing, like it was handled really professionally from what it sounds like, and there was no secret meeting, there was no, um, there was no way of anything being hidden. So there, this could be the most untouchable story there is because I don't see anything getting misconstrued because it was so out in the open, you know. Yeah. Um I think it's a good thing, you know. I'm always super positive about bridges being rebuilt. I'm so I'm especially when it comes to massive needle movers like CM Punk and WWE is is realistically where he got fucking huge, you know. That's realistically where he built his fucking name. Um so I have to, you know, I really have to give respect where it's due because that's huge for CM Punk and for what he built as his reputation of being an asshole and initiated the first move into hopefully eventually, you know, rebuilding a relationship. And if that's the case, I'm fucking for it, man. You know, bravo. That is the best I could speak upon with CM Punk in a long time and that genuinely brightens my day.
1: And I want to say something. Hearing those words from you and you know taking accountability because we know how you felt about CM Punk you know this entire time oh yeah it really shows a lot of character from you just want to put that out there and before Danny you give your thoughts on the whole you know thing all these reports that happen from PW insider the reason why i think PW insider are very specific with the details that were given to them mm-hmm. about this whole CM Punk visit is because they don't want an AEW WWE lawsuit to happen, where they think that WWE is tampering, you know, CM Punk no, trying to sure. get him back with the promotion. So the fact no. that this reporter is being a hundred and fifty percent authentic and real with all of us in the IWC, yeah. I respect that a lot. For PW Insider, to do I just that respect every
2: party around in this situation.
1: It's all genuine it's all real there's nothing fake to it there's no false narrative stories that are coming out i respect whoever you know wrote the wrote these reports from pw insider
2: and for once we got like a legitimate answer it was just you know dude was there there's no secrets and he we got why he was there That's it. And honestly, it's nice to just hear a straight to the point, no beat around the bush or fucking updates or anything like it was just solid fucking news. And it's nice to hear because that news could also ask a million questions that we're asking right now. So, you know, I'm again, I'm here for it. And like, you know,
0: Punk lives very, very close to Allstate Arena. Um, Mm -hmm. So. You know, it's not like he went out of his way to do that, but again, you know, obviously he had to be brought in. You know, he he did the right move. He made I the decision think, to go. I do think, like, with since this whole media scrum incident, like, you know, for the for the most part, you know, Punk's remained quiet. He hasn't really outed much except for you know the little uh, Instagram little tantrum that he did uh, a little while ago. <laughs> but like, I do feel, I do feel like. He's grown from this You know I do feel yeah. like when, when punk comes back mm-hmm. And like this This is a clear example That the punk that's gonna be coming back to AEW Is not the same punk that left You know what I mean I mean if you would've told same. me If you would've told me 8-9 right. months ago You know that punk is gonna Willingly go to a WWE show And try to squash beef With you know Triple H You know he, there was a lot of bad blood there mm-hmm. Um I would have been like, bro, you're out of your fucking mind. But the fact that it happened
2: And on you know, his, his account too, like that shows a lot of balls and that shows a lot of growth for it's him. It's a
1: fire that a lot of us didn't think they were gonna be
0: able to put out. And uh another story Damn right, uh, another story that I ju that I just read about is Tony Khan sat down with CM Punk and Jericho and had a meeting recently. Before, obviously, Punk comes back in June. And -hmm. apparently the meeting went really well. So the bridges are being rebuilt slowly, obviously. It's, you know, Rome was all around.
2: It's fantastic. You know
0: what I mean? I do feel like everybody saw what a gigantic mistake this was. Mm -hmm. And I have heard a lot of reports of, you know, Punk, you know, realizing how, you know, how bad. That whole incident made AEW look, and how important AEW is to the pro wrestling business. You know what yeah. I mean? Because WWE can only hire so many people. If it wasn't for AEW, a lot of these guys would not be able to feed their families and you know make a career out of doing what they what they love. What I personally think, if they're good at, I do think AEW is besides WWE the biggest game in town.
2: It is
1: since you WWE know I mean? because TNA was big. That's bigger, but. <laughs> It's it, like TNA is not as big as WCW was. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, dude, and AEW is already blowing out WCW's water. So it's like I AEW is. Say, I wouldn't say that. They're they getting say there, actually, they're bro. <laughs> they're getting there. They're yeah. getting there.
0: But like you know, good on Punk, man. Like I'm, I'm a huge Punk fan. I've been saying for months, you know, he's coming back. He's coming back. There's no way in hell he's not coming back. You know. And I do feel like he's going to be trying to redeem himself, and I feel like this is a good start.
2: Very good.
1: Well said. And, you know, that's another thing, too. Just like, you know, I gave credit to Ben for what he said. I got to give credit to you, Danny, as well, because this whole time you have said that, you know, CM Punk is coming back. You said that, and... You were absolutely right, but instead of coming on here and, you know, shoving it in our faces, you, you know, really gave us, you know, the real reasons. You really, you know, analyzed it and executed it perfectly. Well said.
0: Yeah, man. I'm just... Like I said, man, I, I do hope that everybody can just coexist for the benefit of the company. You know, I'm not saying everybody, they have to be friends and they have to go play fucking pool and shit. But like, you know, I do feel like, you know, for the benefit of the company and the benefit of the business, I do hope that everybody can squash their differences and we can have a killer show in August, man, at Wembley Stadium. It's going to be awesome. My thoughts on,
1: you know, PW Insider's reports about CM Punk being backstage fantastic so happy to hear that cm punk is in a better headspace and like for him to go backstage to wwe and take accountability for what happened nine years ago where he's been pretty you know outspoken about how much he hates and despises wwe how he hates you know hunter hates vince And the fact that, like, he really took accountability here, like, I agree with what you said, Danny, about, I think, him realizing that for once in his career, he fucked up. And he's really reflecting, doing a lot of self-reflecting, and he's really starting to take accountability for his actions. And I think, you know, him seeing a bunch of WWE talent and going to Chicago... He realized, you know what? I think it's time for me to squash the beef that you know I had in WWE with people. So he probably wanted to go there, squash the beef with The Miz. Wanted to squash beef with Triple H. Probably the main priority of this trip was to squash his beef with Triple H to let him know that I don't hold any grudges against you. Probably wanted to talk to probably even wanted to talk to Seth Rollins as well because they were pretty close friends at one point, And they both have said some pretty fucked up things about each other within the past few years. I think that CM Punk realized during the all out media scrum that he really fucked up. And I think he's just in a way better headspace now because when he first came to AEW, he was in a great headspace. He was a team player putting other people before himself And, you know, being a true leader. But then I noticed after he came back from that injury, he was just more bitter. He was depressed. He just wasn't himself. And that's where, you know, the issues with the elite happened. That's where the issues with Colt Cabana came out, you know, during the media scrum and, you know, the promos. And I think CM Punk was not really in the best headspace during that time. And I think with him, you know, being away from the business for so long and, you know, finding the love, finding the desire that he has for the business that we love, that we talk about here on the We Are Wrestling channel, that was missing for a while. And I think, you know, he loves this business again. And I think that's why, you know, he's best friends right now with Dax and Cash, because they both, you know, share the same interest with CM Punk. CM Punk in his backyard literally has a wrestling ring in there. And I just think that, you know, CM Punk, he's had a lot of, you know, media problems in the wrestling community. A lot of people love to twist his words, you know, turn him into the villain. And there's even people that are, you know, saying this whole thing with CM Punk that, oh, he went to WWE backstage just so in case, you know, he wants to leave AEW he can go there when he leaves. So like, there's going to be people in the IWC that are just never going to, it's never going to end. But the fact that CM Punk is making these moves and PW Insider did a fantastic job because they're not, you know, betraying him, you know, as this, you know, villain, like every other media source out there does. I think, you know, CM Punk is ready to move on from all of this. And I heard he even wanted to talk to the elite, but The elite, you know, aren't ready to talk to him yet, unless they already have. And we don't know.
0: Well, I mean, Jericho didn't want to talk to him either, but they recently sat down. So I'm not I mean, there's still uh, over a month until he comes back. Anything is possible. But I do feel like when CM Punk comes back, it's going to be a punk that we haven't seen before, or at least a punk we haven't seen in a long time.
1: Exactly. And that's the thing, man, like for me, like just seeing him, you know, mentally, you know, happy. That's all I care about, you know, with any superstar, any wrestler out there that, you know, puts their bodies on the line that, you know, entertain all of us. Like, I just want what's best for them at the end of the day. And when CM Punk comes back, I really hope that, you know, the same stuff doesn't happen like, I didn't like seeing that side of CM Punk. I really didn't. Like, when he came back to pro wrestling, you saw, like, he felt like a little kid on Christmas morning when he first came back. And then after the injury, comes back, and he's just more bitter and just an egotistical prick. I don't want that Pretty CM much. Punk. And I think, you know, with these reports, definitely showing a lot of growth because who would have thought he would talk to Triple H?
0: I thought I thought fucking Punk was going to hold those grudges until he was on his deathbed, you know. And
1: maybe CM Punk will be a future WWE Hall of Famer now. That opens the door for maybe when he decides to hang the boots up. Maybe he does do his final match in WWE to make it right. Maybe, you know, he just makes appearances like Ultimate Warrior did because back in the day, that was somebody that had a lot of issues with, you know, Vince McMahon and WWE. And then he was able to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Jeff Brett. Jarrett was Brett another Hart. guy, too. Bret Hart. Bret Hart. I think CM Punk, you know, is doing the right thing. And that is somebody I think could be talking in his ear is Bret Hart because could they be. are pretty close.
0: Yep. And Bret Hart's obviously close with Dax and Cash. So it and makes Brett sense. Bret
1: Hart had a lot of beef with Vince McMahon over the screw job. And. He was able and to watch it years and, later. And
0: and over Owen. Owen was a huge factor. Of course. So it's good.
1: Any final thoughts on any of the topics that we talked about on this week's episode?
0: I think we fucking nailed it, bro, to be honest with you. I think we, you know, I think we said everything that we had to say and more, man. It's a good episode. Good to have you back. We went an hour and a half, man. Some interruptions, but nothing too major. I mean, I had a blast, man. It's good to be back in the saddle again.
1: Any final thoughts, Ben? All right. And it does feel great to be back. And let us know in the comment section below, guys, what your thoughts are on any of the topics that we talked about this week. If you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the podcast, make sure to smash that like button now. If you're not a We Are Wrestling Maniac, you already, Subscribe, turn on the post notifications. The link's down in the description below. You can go follow all of us on our social medias and other YouTube pages, all that down below. In addition, you want shorter clips of the podcast, we be posting them over on our social media pages. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all the links down below. And of course, to all the We Are Wrestling Maniacs out there worldwide. New episodes are coming out every Saturday. And of course, you already know, we are taking over. Peace.